0: No!
1: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you just want to speak out words of praise and meet yourself on Zoom, or if you're in here, Jude will uh, come with a a microphone. Just put your hand up and she'll come and put it in front of you so you can uh, be heard by everyone. Two words from Thessalonians. Since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet for the the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we may almost always be living. Therefore, pray in all situations that the Holy Spirit may give you true guidance. Encourage each other and build each other up Respect those who are in labour, who, who labour amongst you in the Lord, and esteem them highly in your love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves. Ensure that none of you repay evil for evil. For this is the will of God. Amen. Amen. Thank
2: you, Lord. Oh, Father, we we praise you because you are so great. Mm. We've just sung how great thou art. Mm. and our words really cannot express how great we think you are yeah because because you're beyond our words father we just thank you so much that even though you are so great yet you look down upon us mere mortals and you love us and father we just thank you so much because you sent Jesus for us you sent Jesus to die for us and you raised him from the dead and he now lives in us and father It's just so wonderful to know that we, mere mortals, have your love within us, Mm. have your spirit within us because of Jesus, because of how great you are. Thank you, Lord.
1: Yes. Amen.
3: And Lord, while we were praying and and praising you, I just had a, a vision of people in the heavenlies praising you people hundreds and thousands of people just praising you and we're just a small group and yet we're one of those lord we're, we're praising together with with the people in the heavenlies thank you Lord. Amen.
2: come let us sing for joy to the lord let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. ala savara paruna Eliana Jehovah Jireh, mm. Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi. You are our true everything, mm. wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. There are no words to describe you. Amen. We give you praise and glory.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
4: Hmm.
1: Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Amen. As the... uh, children are going to uh to go out and uh as they do that can we take up the offering please hopefully there's an offering plate somewhere yeah thank you thank you jude Let's pray. Jesus, you gave up the riches of heaven. You came down to earth from heaven. And you did that, that through your poverty in becoming human as well as fully God, we might by faith become spiritually rich and inherit eternal life. So thank you, Jesus, for giving up the majesty and glory of heaven for coming to this earth and obeying the Father perfectly, not least through your death on a cross and your resurrection. And so we give you these gifts of money as we lay down our our time, our bodies, our gifts. May these gifts be blessed and multiplied in the service of your kingdom for the glory of Christ. Amen. This song just leads us into the the remembrance of Christ's uh, death on the cross for us and um, just ask that the servers uh, please come forward take up your uh, seats during this song so we're going to stand and sing he came to earth. victory that Christ has won over all the powers through his cross and resurrection, and how we share in that victory through faith. He writes this, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest we were by nature objects of wrath. expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let us pray. Jesus, Thank you that through your sacrifice and through your resurrection, you have the victory. And you are now seated in the heavenly realms in victory at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus, thank you that through faith in you, we are seated there too because we share in your victory. We are seated with you in the heavenly realms because we are united to Christ by faith. And so Jesus, no power, no God power, no spiritual evil can snatch us away from our identity in Christ. We are yours and yours alone. And we stand secure today in that victory and in that identity. Thank you, Jesus, that it is by grace that we've been saved. And these elements of bread and wine remind us, Jesus, that your body was sacrificed on the cross because you loved us and sought to reconcile us to God. But through your death, we are forgiven and cleansed and brought back into relationship with God through faith. We just thank you and worship you, Jesus, for your amazing grace towards us. And we pray now, Holy Spirit, that as we eat this bread and drink this wine, that Holy Spirit, you would be present here among us. Strengthen us with the power of Christ through this Spirit in us, that we might stand in the day of evil, and not just stand, but stand victoriously, strong in our identity in Christ. So come now, Holy Spirit, even as we eat, even as we pray, even as we drink, come by your grace and strengthen us through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a meal that looks back with thanksgiving on the death and resurrection of Jesus. We remember his sacrifice. It's a meal, though, where we encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, as we eat bread and drink wine, this is not just, these are not just memorials to the past. Jesus has commanded us to do this because. He is the host of this meal, and as we eat and drink, we are drinking of and eating of the body of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's eat and drink with faith, believing that Christ is present here through his Spirit and believing that there is real grace, real sustenance here for us in our journey to come. And let's remember that this meal too is a foretaste, if you like, it's the starter of a feast that will go on in eternity. But one day we'll sit down with with Christ the Lamb at the wedding supper of the Lamb and enjoy a lavish feast in eternity. This is just the starter. This is just the and It's a reminder of all that is to come in our glorious salvation. So we look back, we celebrate and enjoy the present. And we look ahead with hope to the future. remember that Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, take and it, this is my body which is given for you. We remember that after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So as we drink this cup, we do so with thanksgiving, recognizing that we have a new covenant relationship with God, sealed by the blood of Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's the Holy Spirit who in the new covenant moves us and gives us the power and the desire to obey Christ and keep his demands. So we drink this cup with thanksgiving in our hearts. Let's drink. This is a fellowship meal. There is one loaf, um, but many members of the body, which is why we break the one loaf into many pieces to show that we have unity in Christ, but we are a diversity of of people, yet unified in him. And so we bring the needs of the fellowship here, but also the needs of the worldwide church to God in our prayers. Um, If you're on Zoom, please feel free to unmute and share in a prayer. Or if you're in here, again, uh, please put your hand in the air and Jude will will come with the microphone. But uh, as the Spirit leads you, please lead us in praying uh, for members of God's family, the church, today. Heavenly Father, we lift the Robinson family to you this week. Lord, we pray that... uh... Sam has uh, settled back in uh, Sheffield and uh, we just pray for Martin's journey this afternoon as he travels to Derbyshire. We pray that you will equip him throughout this week, Lord, and that you'll protect him from um, the cold that Sarah has. Father, bring healing upon Sarah. Give her the strength and the energy to continue at school in the week. We just pray for your blessing to be upon Sarah and Ella whilst Martin is away. Just bless this whole family, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For Heather, um, Dave and Jen's daughter, Lord, thank you that she is improving. But Father, we want to pray for a full recovery. Jesus, touch her life by the miracle of your healing grace. Restore her physically. And Lord, we dare to pray that you would restore her spiritually too, um, in every way. Lord, just reach out, Jesus, and touch her now with your healing grace. Do a miracle, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.
2: Father God, I just bring to you my grandson, Charlie. Father, I thank you that um, he was able to get to hospital and that they recognized the problem and that he was able to have surgery. Father, I just pray for his recovery. I pray, Father, that you will free him from pain and any infection um, so that he'll soon be back to full strength. Hmm. So really bless him, especially today, Lord. Just help him to know that we're thinking of him. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus not just to die for our sins, but also to bring us healing. Mm. And, Father, we thank you that that you've done this in so many cases. And, Father, we just lift before you all those within our fellowship. You know who they are, Lord. And I, I don't really want to mention them because I might forget someone. But, Father, you know who they are. And I just pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts touch their bodies Mm -hmm. and lord for our families as well there's people in our families who are not well so father we just lift them all to you father that you will have your touch upon them lord that they might know that you have touched them and that there will be healing within their bodies and souls. thank you lord Amen. amen
5: father thank you as i was just listening to that song it says, let the weak say they are strong. Mm -hmm. Father Lord, we pray for every spiritual weakness. Wherever we are weak in physical health, Father, we pray that you will strengthen us in your name and by the blood that we have taken and the bread that we have taken, which is the body and the blood of Jesus that will be perfectly made whole and be healed from everything that troubles us And it says, let the poor say they are rich. Let those who are hungry say they are fed by the word of God. Father, we pray that as we hear your word today, we will be fed with your word. In wherever we need spiritual food that we are hungry for, that your word will comfort and fill us up. Father, let those who are down in any way, Father, by the word they hear, let it be lifted up. It says we may fall seven times, but we will rise up again. Father, thank you for the rising up. You died and you rose up on the third day so that we can as well rise when we fall. For everyone who is weak and is about to fall, let your word that we comfort today by the power of the Holy Spirit bring up that person in, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.
3: Father, I would pray for a young woman who's really struggling at the moment, Lord, um, really struggling with grief, really struggling to know where to turn, Lord, and as we lift her to you, I just pray that your hand would be upon her and that you would guide her to the right people, the right help that she needs at this particular time, Lord. You know her, you know the circumstances, Lord, and um, she, she does seek you, but Lord, she needs much more help, Lord, Just pray that you would just guide her in the right direction, and your hand upon her, Lord. Amen.
1: God, We just lift uh, Alan Hearn before you, who's uh, waiting for uh, pacemaker operation. We just pray, Lord, that you would uh, enable that to happen uh, in your perfect timing. And that lord in the meantime you pray that your peace would guard his heart and his mind in christ jesus lord jesus we lift joan to you and again we ask lord that in your perfect timing you would enable her to have that operation on her aneurysm lord keep us safe in the meantime we pray and lord as we come around your word now we thank you that your word is the sword of the spirit the powerful weapon um, against the enemy and uh, that enables us to stand in the day of evil so we ask now lord that as your word is read and expounded but lord you would help us to understand it and apply it to our hearts in jesus name amen amen
0: and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the Gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Apologies to those uh, of you on Zoom. I forgot to uh, use a microphone when I was serving communion, so I hope that wasn't uh, too distracting for you, so I apologize for that. Um, This is the last uh, in our series. Um, We're looking at the Holy Spirit in the life of, of the church from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And i want to look today at the holy spirit and how he gives us power through prayer Um, paul uses the metaphor of um god's people um christians being soldiers um and uh we're in a battle um which is why the the language about front lines which we've been using in small groups for a while is is very apt because we are we are on the front line of a battle um We are called to make disciples um, and uh, to see men and women and people of all ages and backgrounds won for Christ. And um, that involves a battle. Satan and his dark and evil powers are arrayed against us in that extending of of the kingdom. So Satan will do all he can to distract us, discourage us, cause disunity, discouragement, um, despondency, doubt, fear and all the rest of it. Um, So we are are in this, uh, in in a battle, and that's why Paul uses the the language of of us being soldiers. Um, We need to be careful with this language, um, particularly in these days of um, uh, terrorist attacks, that we use it properly. Um, We're not in a physical battle. Paul is very careful to say that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual, forces of evil in the heavenly realms lest we make the mistakes of of of, of the past um, you know the number of times that uh, somebody has said to me you know about the crusades and uh, the violence of done in the name of religion and of Christianity and yes we have to take the hit on that one don't we there it is horrendous what has happened in the past in the name of Christ Our battle is against flesh and blood. Um, uh, Sorry, it's not against flesh and blood. Um, It's a spiritual one. So uh, what is that battle? If you're a a Christian in uh, certain parts of the world, you know that you're in a spiritual battle. You face loss of possessions. You may face being uh, made homeless. You may face being a becoming a refugee due to persecution you may um, even be imprisoned uh, or worse for your faith but what about us living here in the relatively comfortable West what is the spiritual battle that we face well the spiritual battle that every Christian faces is primarily fought in the mind um, you kind of know this but bear with me on this um Satan loves to fire fiery darts, lies and uh, so forth into our minds to discourage us, doesn't he? I think one of Satan's greatest weapons is discouragement and despondency in the life of the Christian. So um, when things go wrong, which they do from time to time, when we go through struggles and suffering, this is Satan's strategy. What he does is he whispers in our ear, does God still love you? has god abandoned you has god forsaken you has god forgotten about you why why is all this happening to you satan loves to whisper into your mind and into your ear questioning god's sovereignty and god's power and authority doesn't he that's what it's the first thing that do you notice that the serpent does in the garden he says did god really say in other words he questions God's goodness and sovereignty and authority. Did God really say that you couldn't eat from that tree? When actually, God had said you can eat from thousands of trees in the garden, but don't eat from that one. But Satan just picks on the one prohibition and says, Did God really say, in other words, is he really good? Is God limiting your freedom? And that's what Satan does, doesn't he? He speaks into our minds half truths and lies about God that cause us to become despondent. You know, when the world crashes in on us and problems seem to come flooding in on us, there are those days and those weeks when it all seems to happen, doesn't it? The wheels come off. And Satan loves to speak lies into our lives and say, God has forgotten you. God no longer loves you. If, he, if God cared for you, this bad stuff wouldn't be happening in your life. It's a lie, isn't it? It's a complete lie. God is sovereign in and through the struggles and the sufferings that we go through. We are to promised to be delivered in and through the struggles that we go to. We, 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 Jesus never said that we would be delivered from all struggles and sufferings. He never promised that. But he did promise us protection and deliverance in and through We will go through the deep waters. We will go through the fire, but we will be delivered in and through those things. The problem comes is in our response to the sufferings and struggles that we go through. Sometimes we do become despondent and we doubt. We listen to that voice from uh, Satan and we become discouraged. We believe the lie, don't we? And we think, yeah, God has abandoned me. Does He really love me? And we become discouraged and despondent. This is where the battleground is, isn't it, in our minds. And the only way to be victorious is to stand in the truth of the promises of God. That's what this armor is all about. It's standing in the truth of the promises of God. The only way to be victorious in the battle of the mind is through the sword of the spirit, through the word of God. We have to replace lies with truth in our minds. And the only way you can do that is to read scriptures, to read the word of God. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit also reminds us of the word of God, doesn't he? And we need to pray that, that he would give us the power to recall verses this is where um, i'm not a great memorizer of anything i'm not great at but memorize if you can memorize some key passages about who you are in christ so that when the lies come when when the negative despondent lies come from satan you can stand in who you are in christ you can say no i am a child of god you can say to Satan, no nothing can separate me from the love of god Not height nor depth, angels nor demons, nothing in all creation. You can say to Satan, Look, God, look, you need to clear off because Jesus has promised, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. You can throw back these lies with promises. That's what we need to do. So I want to look at six pieces of armor. Don't worry, I'm going quickly so that we can learn how we can not just stand, but that we can advance the kingdom. First, we're to stand firm with the belt of truth buckled round your waist. Um, The truth is our identity in Christ. What's our identity in Christ? Well, Ephesians 2 verse 6 tells us this is who we are in Christ. This is the truth. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Do you see what that's saying? It is saying that you and I as Christians are seated, that is, we are victorious with Christ in the heavenly realms. Our identity is one of being united to Christ. We are victorious with him. How do we know that? Because he died and he rose again and he's ascended and he is sitting in a place of victory and authority and power. And you know what? You are seated with him there. You're, you have total security there. You, that's where you're going. So you're already sharing in that victory. So stand in that victory, in that promise, in that truth. When Satan accuses you and says, are you really a child of God? You say, yes, because I've been raised with Christ and seated in victory with him so that's the defensive bit offensively we are to speak the truth Ephesians four twenty-five says this therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor so no half truths no white lies no exaggeration we speak truthfully we build each other up with the truth of God's word um so if you see a brother or sister struggling suffering give them God's word Send them a text, an email, a note through the post, a card. Send them something that's relevant that will encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. Second, stand firm then with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Um, We've just celebrated communion, and the communion table is the place where Christ declares us righteous. Why? Because by faith we are saved we are declared to be righteous by faith in Christ's death and resurrection. It's not what we've done. It's what Christ has done for us. When we trust in him, he imputes, he gives us his righteousness. He clothes us in his righteousness by faith. Jesus, the righteous one, became unrighteous so that we might have his righteousness. It's none of our doing. We receive the righteousness of Christ as a gift. So when when Satan says to to us, you're not worthy of the name of Jesus, you failed. Look at the sins you've committed in the past. When you're feeling guilty and ashamed, do you know what we say? We go and we say, do you know what, Satan? I have the breastplate of righteousness in Christ. Because Jesus died for me, he's paid for my sin, There is no condemnation now for me. You go to the cross and you receive his righteousness. Offensively, we do righteous acts. Having been made righteous, we do justice. We work for peace and reconciliation. We act with kindness and compassion. We love one another. Third we have to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Defensively, this means that we rest in the peace that Christ's death has won for us. Jesus died so that we can have peace with God vertically and peace with one another horizontally. He's broken down the dividing wall of hostility through the cross. He's brought peace and reconciliation to us. So when Satan crowds in and and starts to sow doubt and fear and anxiety into our minds we rest in the peace of Christ and enjoy his reconciliation through the cross offensively we're called to share this gospel of peace with the world we're called to to make this offer of reconciliation known to others fourth We're to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You won't see it on the picture, it's too small. But um, on Roman shields, there was a calf skin soaked in water so that when the flaming arrows were shot and landed on the shields, the calf skin that was soaked in water would extinguish the arrows. And when the soldiers were all stood together in formation, they covered and overlapped their shields so that none of them were exposed and that's a picture isn't it of the power of community and of standing together in unity in the church this is this is why it's so important to regularly as often as we can come to church because our overlapping shields cover one another um, protect one another from the flaming lies of the evil one we need to come together and stand in unity in formation as God's people through home group through coming to church, we're not supposed to live this life on our own, if we do, we'll get picked off, right, we become lukewarm, we we get discouraged, we drift away from Christ, our passion dies off, we're meant to be in unity, we're meant to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, with interlocking shields, because Satan is out there trying to discourage us, and trying to get us to give up on our faith, We need to be alert to this and come together as often as we can and stand together in unity in our faith. And then we'll be able to flame, extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. You see, one of the worst things that Satan will do is create apathy in people's hearts. You know, that kind of lack of passion. Oh, never mind. You know, I might get to church next month. Who knows? You know, just that kind of Lack of passion. That's not what God wants. We're made to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not a little bit. God wants all of us, all of our passion. He wants us to be on fire for him. Filled with his love, filled with his zeal, filled with his passion. Not lukewarm, not apathetic, not indifferent. Fifth. We're to take the helmet of salvation. Um, What's the helmet of salvation? It is that we're saved by faith in Christ's death and resurrection. Ephesians 2 verse 5 says this. We were made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. So when Satan comes along and says, are you really a Christian? Are you really saved? You know? Are you sure this isn't all a lie? We all get that. I get that. Are you sure this is true? We say, yes, it's true because I know that I trust in Christ who has saved me from death. What does that mean? Well, it means we've been brought from spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God, into life. We've been lifted out of death into eternal life. And that involves a relationship with god in this life that goes on into the next so when satan whispers in your ear are you sure this is all true we say yes through christ i've been saved for eternity sixthly we're to take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god um the sword of the spirit the the sword paul has in mind is a short dagger it's more of an offensive weapon um For going on the attack. But the sword of the spirit is an apt description because it it protects us and it allows us to go on the offensive. The word of God is powerful, isn't it? If you want to be protected and you want to go on the attack, you need to know the promises of God and his word in the Bible. Otherwise, you won't be able to stand at all. Why is it that Christians these days do not read their Bible every day? Why? Folks, this book is the only way that we can stand. I I make no apology for laying this down this morning. If we're going to stand and be victorious against the enemy, including against apathy, we're going to have to take on board the promises of God every day, right? I'm passionate about this because it's the word. We cannot afford to be lackadaisical and apathetic about reading the word of God. We're in a spiritual battle. Why don't we get clothed for it? I'm tired of apathy in the church, of a kind of laissez faire, lukewarmness. That's not biblical Christianity, folks. We're in a battle. Let's get dressed for it. Let's be alert to it. And let's be passionate about Jesus, right? At the heart of spiritual warfare is prayer, verse 8. This is the key to it all. If you want to stand in the armor, if you want to be passionate, you're going to have to pray. Pray with passion and power and faith. Paul leaves prayer to the end because the only way you can put on armor is through prayer. The only way you can really stand firm in the promises of God in the word is through prayer. There is no other way to do it. You can read a Bible verse and that's great, but you need to pray the Bible verses. You need to meditate on them. You need to pray them into your life. So when God makes a promise like, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, pray that into your life. Pray, Lord, let me know this in the depths of my being. Give me victory over, the, over Satan who's lying to me and telling me that I don't belong to Christ and that God no longer loves me. Let this word that nothing in all creation can separate me from the love of God go deep into my heart that I believe it and can stand. Do You see, that's the power of prayer. I want to focus on what Paul means uh, when he says pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. Now, praying through lists is fine. I do it. It's great. It's important because that way you don't miss people out and you can pray routine prayers for people that way. You can pray Paul's prayers for people. So praying through a list, through prayer chains, through the members list, great idea. It's good discipline to do it, by the way. However, Paul says, pray in the spirit on all occasions. What does he mean? He means ask the spirit what you should be praying for and listen, <laughs> um, which let's be honest, we're not as good at doing. We race into our shopping lists and we don't stop to ask. Uh, it gets more exciting when you stop to ask, quite frankly. Um, if you ask God, what, show us how to pray, it gets kind of interesting because he, he answers those prayers. Um, So when we have a prayer meeting on a Monday morning, we always pray, Lord, show us how to pray here, because we don't know how. We don't know who we should be praying for, what we should be praying for. And I love it when God interrupts a prayer meeting with a picture or a song or a person or a circumstance that we hadn't even thought of about praying. Isn't that great? I love that stuff. That's what makes faith real. what brings a prayer meeting is alive is when you say holy spirit come and show us what's on the father's heart this morning and he always shows up um on a monday morning very often what will happen is somebody will share a picture or a scripture and it will take the prayer meeting in a certain direction well that's the guidance and leading and prompting of the holy spirit that's what it means to pray in the spirit so when god gives pictures and scriptures and visions that's the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit. I'd rather be in that kind of prayer meeting, wouldn't you? It's kind of exciting. Um, so come and pray, 9.30 on a Monday morning, up in uh, upstairs in room 12 and 13. Wait for the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It's wonderful to do that. There's no place I'd rather be. Um, prayer is the key we're gonna stand in the battle. If we're not gonna be apathetic and indifferent and lack passion, we're gonna have to pray. And we're gonna have to pray in the spirit on all occasions. Now, please don't feel this is for keen Christians. You all can do this and you all do do it. When When you share a scripture spontaneously, that's the prompting of the spirit. When God puts a person into your mind to pray for that you hadn't thought of, that's the Holy Spirit. When God gives you a song and you sing it out on a Sunday morning that wasn't on the list, hey, folks, that's the Holy Spirit. I was—I I pray that there'll be more manifestations of the Holy Spirit among us. I was so grateful, Jen, that you brought that tongue and interpretation. I'm, I, I pray that more of the Spirit's manifestations would be among us. Isn't that what it means to be waiting on the Holy Spirit? You know, we want more of that, don't we? more prophecy more tongues more singing in the spirit because it's exciting to encounter the spirit um so God may that be so here and may that be so in our prayer meetings let's pray Lord we're in a battle and we recognize that Lord and it's a battle largely in our minds Jesus, I pray for those this morning who are who are really have a battle of anxiety uh, raging in their minds or doubts, or those who are riddled with guilt and shame for the past. Jesus, I, I just want to pray that you would strengthen them with power by your spirit. I want to pray that you'd help them to take on board the promises of your word, your truth, your salvation, your righteousness, your gospel that they would so take that into their lives by prayer that they would become filled with your spirit and passionate for Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for the apathetic, for those who've drifted and who kind of got very laissez-faire and lackadaisical about their faith. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, you'd set their hearts on fire again. Give them a passion for Jesus. Lord, make them white hot for you again. Set their hearts on fire. Holy Spirit, would you just come again with power this morning into our lives and help us to be disciplined in standing in the sword of the Spirit. Day by day, let us meditate and pray the promises of God through his word into our lives. Forgive us, Lord, where we've not taken your word seriously. Forgive us, Lord, where we've not been disciplined in reading your word and praying every day. Forgive us, Lord. And help us to be passionate in putting on the armour through prayer, standing in your promises through scripture every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I can't remember what the last song is. That's the one. Oh, oh, church arise. Uh, Let's stand to sing. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.